Hello, welcome to Truth Triumph Radio. I'm your host, Cody Mori, and today I wanted to talk about, almost in a way, a sort of a part two to the last one um, that we discussed, which was uh, the Jesuits and the media. However, I want to focus particularly on the aspect of voting. Someone actually um, made a comment. It was a very good comment. I appreciate the comment um, on YouTube where they said, we have to support law and order. We have to support law and order until the Sunday law comes. And I couldn't agree with them more. So I wanted to specifically talk about the concept of voting. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. Um, I've, as I've said from the very beginning, I'm on neither side, nor do I think it's right uh, that anybody in any position, um, especially religious, I mean, the politicians have their thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But as far as someone who's speaking on religious subjects, they should not be telling their listeners how to vote. What I will say, uh, and I, I'm in agreement with George Washington on this, is that you should not be uh, loyal to a party. Because as we've studied uh the jesuits tend to infiltrate uh, there, there's no there's no safe space you know <laughs> where you, you're gonna go and find this and then just be like okay this i'm safe here and they're not going to try to get in there you know that they're, they're as we've read with the jesuit oath they will pretend to to be anything any disguise they will pretend to be you know, denouncing all the same things that you're denouncing and that you agree with, they'll agree with, uh, just to gain your trust so that they can try to eventually undermine your entire faith, which is like someone like Desmond Ford did. Now, people don't like that because they think Desmond Ford was a nice person, but, you know, when you look at his theology, it was totally contrary to you know, historic, never mind Seventh-day Adventism, but historic Reformation-era understanding of Daniel, okay? He was he's basically teaching uh, dispensationalism and preterism at one point, where he basically said that uh, Daniel chapter 8 was fulfilled with Antiochus IV, and that the, the arms of the chest and arms of silver in Daniel chapter 2 that that represented media and then the brass represented Persia and then the legs of iron represented uh, Greece so they shifted the whole thing so that Rome was no longer hmm interesting all of a sudden Rome's not not the t the center point okay but that that's that's really a side issue so anyways, I don't think it's – I think it's very important that uh, we actually get some clarity on this because I, I, I find that there are – you know, there's always the left ditch and the right ditch. There's always – there's always that temptation to – for all of us to try to – you know, we formulate we, – we all take in, uh, facts into consideration and then we formulate an idea – and then we sort of think that whatever decision that we end up coming to, that that must be right, 
you know, even if it's prayerfully done, that that must be right. And I'm talking specifically about politics. I'm not talking about theology. I'm talking to, talking about politics. I'm not talking about doctrine. Doctrine is very black and white, uh, for the most part. Uh, politics is not okay because you're talking about a system that is run by many times men who hardly claim uh, faith at all. So these are these are not people to, like to be trusted. So this is a totally different ball game when we're talking politics. But anyways, the the temptation is for me to like. There's people, for instance, especially when seventh in Seventh Day Adventism. There's people that think that we have, it's a cardinal rule that we have the obligation to get out there and vote to try to preserve America as much as possible uh, from slipping into total anarchy and then falling completely into the hands of the Jesuits and therefore bringing on the Sunday law. And I'm in agreement with that. Now... On the other hand, you have individuals that say, no, we can't, you can't trust these people. You know, uh, a lot of these people, you know, Trump included for, because people are very, uh, on both sides of this, especially with Trump, uh, they'll, they'll say, you know, he, he went to Jesuit schools, his kids went to Jesuit schools and I just don't trust him. I think that he is a Trojan horse, you know, um, his track record uh, has shown that he has made some concessions with, you know, homosexuals and transgenders and things like that. So I don't trust him. And so I'm not going to vote for him. And I'll tell you, I'm in agreement with that. I am totally in agreement with that. I think that each individual really has to to make the decision on their own. And, and this, was, this was my discussion really last week on, well, actually it was Sunday, uh, but because we were a little bit late, but this was my discussion on the previous show was essentially be careful. That, that was really the overall message. Be careful because Rupert Murdoch is, is basically, uh, what was the, the order of saint gregory the great he's part of that and and he's in control of fox news so you have people watching tucker carlson and and, and all the and sean hannity and, and all these you know these fox wings uh fox news stuff and they're thinking that oh this is the place you know where the truth is because of all the craziness that's going on in the radical left which i've discussed also and i'm saying be very very careful because if you think that the Jesuits do not know what you're, what they are doing, I think, uh, I think you might want to reconsider. Because this is something that they've done in countries over and over again. They swing the pendulum one way, and then it goes the other way, and then they crank it back the other way, and then it goes the other way, and they keep doing that until they get their expected end. And they polarize people. I mean, look at look at the race issue today. Look at the race issue today in America. It's it's really insane. It's really insane. Blacks and whites have never. There's never been such a great racial divide as there has been in the in the last couple of years. 
uh, compared to years and years before that. It's like we were gaining ground and now all of it's been lost and, and people are getting really polarized. So anyways, I want to start off with a couple of quotes um, to sort of talk about both sides of this. But first, there's a scripture from Proverbs chapter 14. Actually, the whole chapter, I, I, I cruised through it uh, before starting the show and a lot of applicable things to the, what we're seeing today. But Proverbs chapter 14, I'm going to quote verse 1 and then verse 34. Every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. Interesting. Who's the ones out there destroying and who's the ones out there building? Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Now that is something that we should all really keep in mind. Because, and I've said this before in my sermons, you know, abortion is not the problem in America. Homosexual gay marriage is not the problem in America. Uh, any, you know, take your pick. Transgenderism, uh, social justice, communist erosion. I mean, the list just goes on and on. White supremacy on, on both sides, on all the sides, on every side. But that's not the problem. Never was the problem. Those are symptoms, folks. Are they important? Yes. We're talking about people's lives here. They're important. But those are symptoms, folks. Those are symptoms. You don't, you don't treat symptoms. You treat the problem. You know, if a, if a person is driving a car with four flat tires, you don't just keep repairing the axles after they bend. And and changing out the rims, you got to pump the tire. You got to put new tires on it. So you got to actually solve the problem. So this is a beautiful verse to sort of keep us on track with what the real issue is. Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. You want people? The problem is not that people want to be gay. Or I'm sorry. The problem is not that. Let me let me reword that getting a little ahead of myself here the the problem is not that abortion exists the problem is not that there's gay marriage the problem is that people want gay marriage the problem is that people want abortions you see so how do you solve that issue well that's an issue of the heart that's a change of the mind that is the answer Jesus Christ indwelling in each, each and every one of us, being submissive to him and allowing him to change our lives, change our hearts, studying his word, his doctrine, and learning from him as a child. That will change an entire society. It's the sin problem. In other words, it's the sin problem in all of its forms that needs to be addressed. Sin itself, sin as the issue. Not talking, not not making uh, secular arguments about whether someone is is actually a human being or not. No, get back to this. Get back to scripture. Get back to the sin issue. And now th there's a little danger in that too, because we know 
um, if you know prophecy, that there will be a false revival. So there'll be a there'll be a deception that comes along with this. So we got to be careful. But I wanted to read a quote here from uh, John Adams on the importance of voting. He said, "We electors have an important constitutional power placed in our hands. We have a check upon two branches of the legislature." The power, I mean, of electing at stated periods each branch. It becomes necessary to every citizen, then, to be in some degree a statesman and to examine and judge for himself of the tendency of political principles and measures. Let us examine, then, with a sober, a manly, and a Christian spirit. Let us neglect all party loyalty and avert to facts. Let us believe no man to be infallible or impeccable in government any more than in religion. Take no man's word against evidence, nor implicitly adopt the sentiments of others who may be deceived themselves or may be interested in deceiving us. I think that's very wise counsel. I really think that's very wise counsel. And that puts people, that could put people on both uh, ends of the spectrum of voting that could that could end up just that statement there if you take into consideration what founding father john adams uh, had to say on this this is from john adams the papers of john adams uh, by robert j taylor uh, volume one page 81 and this was originally written august 29th 1763 but if we take into consideration what he's saying that means that if you find two really awful candidates side by side that you don't necessarily have to choose the lesser of the two evils you can refuse to choose between garbage and garbage you know but you can also uh choose christian uh good leaders you know good in in, in the political sense <laughs> So I think that's wise counsel there. We also I also have another quote here from Frederick Douglass. He quotes Proverbs chapter 14 also. He says here, I have one great political idea. That idea is an old one. It is widely and generally assented to. Nevertheless, it is very generally trampled upon and disregarded. The best expression of it I have found in the Bible. It is in some it is in sub, substance Righteousness exalteth a nation, sin is a reproach to any people. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34. This constitutes my politics, the negative and positive of my politics, and the whole of my politics. I feel it in my duty to do in all my power to infuse this idea into the public mind that it may speedily be recognized and practiced upon by our people. That's Frederick Douglass. The Frederick Douglass Papers by John Blassigame, written in 1982, volume 2, page 397. It's from a speech delivered at Ithaca, New York, October 14th, 1852. Again, very wise counsel. He's saying for him that he makes his decisions based upon scripture and those who are following scripture. Who wouldn't agree with that? Another quote here from uh, James Garfield. This is an assassinated president. I believe Bill Hughes, I haven't studied it well enough to know if he was assassinated specifically by Jesuits or not. 
it wouldn't surprise me. I believe Bill Hughes says he was um, in one of his behind the doors. I don't think he's done a full subject matter expose on it. But I do believe he mentions that he was assassinated by Jesuits. That Don't quote me um, on that. But anyways, uh, this is from James A. Garfield, the works of James Abram Garfield uh, from Burke Hinsdale editor uh volume 2 page 486 and 489 from a century of progress july 1877 now more than ever the people are responsible for the character of their congress that's that's a scary thought you think about how sinful this country has been just in the last 30 years you know 50 years, you know, if you go back further. And we've just been continually degrading and degrading and degrading uh, morally. And it started with evolution. This is, this is what we've been talking about, the king of the south and the king of the north. Evolution, communism, atheism, militant, you know, militant unbelief and hatred of God has pushed him out of our schools and out of our lives. Well, there's consequences for that. Crime has skyrocketed. Divorce has skyrocketed. Uh, teen pregnancies have skyrocketed. Violence in general has skyrocketed. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. And we have leaders like I just heard recently Nancy Pelosi uh, was getting her hair done at a, a business that was supposed to be closed. And they caught her. And now she's blaming the business and attacking them. Uh, she's going after them with lawyers and stuff for, for being open because she trusted them that they were open. and Like, like she's not supposed to know the law. Um, but anyways, this is the insanity of it all. This is the insanity of it all. People are responsible for the character of their Congress. This is, this is an elected official. Over and over again, been elected official. So at the end of the day, you can only say, well, you picked this person, you know, going on with the quote, it says, if that body be ignorant, reckless and corrupt, it is because the people tolerate ignorance, recklessness and corruption. If it be intelligent, brave and pure, it is because the people demand these high qualities to represent them in the national legislature. If the next centennial does not find us a great nation, it will be because those who represent the enterprise, the culture, and the morality of the nation do not aid in controlling the political forces. So, definitely a, a an admonition there from President Garfield to get out there and, and basically get involved, know what's going on. But we don't get involved by you know, getting knee deep into the debates and into the politics of it all and into these secular arguments, we don't do it that way. We see it uh, through the eyes of scripture and we make our decisions that way. And then we don't, we don't push it upon others. That's important. And that brings us to our next quote, which is from Second Testimonies, uh, page 336, and I believe it goes on to 337. This is from Ellen White's uh, Second Selected Messages, 
and it's it's about forcing political views on others. It's very important for us not to do that. Okay, and I know that that could be hard sometimes in the environment that we're in today. It says this, my brethren, will you not remember that none of you have any burden laid upon you by the Lord to publish your political preferences in our papers or to speak of them in the congregation when the people assemble to hear the word of the Lord? We are not as a people to become mixed up with political questions. All would do well to take heed to the word of God. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers in political strife, nor bind with them in their attachments. There is no safe ground in which they can stand and work together. The loyal and the disloyal have no equal ground on which to meet. He who breaks one precept of the commandments of God is a transgressor of the whole law. Keep your voting to yourself. It's a powerful statement there. Keep your voting to yourself. Do not feel it your duty to urge everyone to do as you do. And they have a sub quote or subsection here. That's from letter 4, uh, 1898. But still part of Selected Messages, page uh, 336-337. Continuing on with the quote, it says, Men of intemperance have been in the office today in a flattering manner expressing their approbation of the course of the Sabbath keepers not voting and expressed hopes that they will stick to their course and, like the Quakers, not cast their vote. Satan and his evil angels are busy at this time. And he has workers upon the earth. May Satan be disappointed, is my prayer. That's from her diary, Sunday, March 6, 1859. So it, it right there at the end, and she's specifically talking about prohibition at the end there, when she says, men of intemperance have been in the office today in flattering manner expressing their approbation of the course of Sabbath keepers not voting on this, on the issue of there's sometimes there's a, a a a course that's very clear that christians ought to take and probation uh, prohibition was one of those things you know to stop uh alcohol from being legal in the united states which did happen eventually was was a a, a step in the right direction and then who overturned it? FDR. Right after they, right after the the Jesuits crashed the economy, you can look, you can find all this stuff from uh, Pastor Bill Hughes on uh, his Behind the Door series. You can also find this stuff in the book Vatican Assassins. Be careful with the author, uh, but the subject matter um, in regards to the Jesuits there is is pretty well founded. You can look into. Um, the Course of the Bankers and the Rothschilds, Rulers of Evil by F. Tupper Saucy, uh, The Creature from Jekyll Island um, by G. Edward Griffin, you know, and, and you, you read it through your Adventist lens. So after they crashed the economy and put their New Deal, their New Deal pawn in there, FDR, what did he do? He overturned it. Well, he was instrumental in overturning it. Because it would boost the economy, which they crashed. So they overturned what many Adventists helped to take part in. But what's important there is she's not forcing people to vote. She's not saying that. 
what she's saying is that she hopes they do on that particular issue. So there's there's counsel from the Holy Spirit to say that there are times when we ought to vote. So we can't take a hard line and say, no, you can never vote. Uh, there are certain times when it could be important. That's why I think she says, keep it to yourself. Um, <clears throat> continuing on with the quote, it has a little bit more. It says, attending, attended meeting in the eve had quite a free interesting meeting after it was time to close the subject of voting was considered and dwelt upon james first talked then brother jn andrews talked then it was thought by them best to give their influence in favor of right and against wrong they think it right to vote in favor of temperance uh men being in office in our city instead of by their silence running the risk of having intemperate men put in put in office brother david hewitt tells his experience of a few days since and is settled that it is right to cast his vote brother josiah hart talks well brother henry lyon opposes no, no other subject no others object to voting but brother jp kellogg begins to feel that it is right pleasant feelings exist among all the brethren Oh, that they may act in the fear of God. So look at that at the very end there. She says, oh, that they may act in the fear of God. So they're all talking about, yeah, voting, yeah, it could be a good thing, you know. And they kind of talk about it for a while and they sort of agree that it is. It seems like most of the consensus goes that way. And what is the counsel? It says, oh, that they may all act in the fear of God. Tread softly is the counsel there. Now, for those of us who are uh, needing a balancing statement here, I found one. And there actually is a lot of, there's a lot of counsel on voting itself. You can find, I know that you can find it in Gospel Workers. Um, I believe I found a great, uh, a good deal of information on voting there. But Fundamentals of Christian Education, page 475 states this the lord would have his people bury political questions on these on these themes silence is eloquence christ calls upon his followers to come into unity with pure gospel principles which are plainly revealed in the word of god we cannot with safety vote for political parties for we do not know whom we are voting for we cannot with safety take part in any political schemes. We cannot labor to please men who will use their influence to repress religious liberty, to set in operation oppressive measures to lead or compel their men, their fellow men, to keep Sunday as the Sabbath. The first day of the week is not a day to be reverenced. It is a spurious Sabbath, and the members of the Lord's family cannot participate with men who exalt this day. Do you hear that? Men who are touting and exalting Sunday, you cannot, you ought not to vote for them, according to the spirit of prophecy. It says, and violate the law of God by trampling upon his Sabbath. The people of God are not to vote to place such men in office. For when they do this, they are partakers with them of the sins which they commit while in office. We are not to compromise principle by yielding to the opinions and prejudices which we may have encouraged 
before we united with God's commandment-keeping people. We have enlisted we, we have enlisted in the army of the Lord, and we are not to fight on the enemy's side, but on the side of Christ, where we can be a united whole in sentiment, in action, in spirit, in fellowship. Those who are Christians indeed will be branches of the true vine, who will bear the same fruit as the vine. They will act in harmony, in Christian fellowship. They will not wear political badges, but the badge of Christ. So stay away from the whole political question. Seriously, just just stay away from it in general. Don't don't think that this person or that political person, non-Sabbath keeping, you know, non-Christian most of their lives, or or, or they they make an assent to some sort of of religion at some point, but their actions of their life obviously prove that they haven't been exactly the most uh, what's the word? I guess pious person. Okay, don't, don't think that those people are your saviors. Okay, Christ is your savior. Now, if, if you think that if you vote for somebody that they might bring on the Sunday law, then you can't vote for them. You, just, you can't because you will be accountable for the sins which they commit in office. You'll be accountable for them. However, if you wholeheartedly, this is why it's so important to, to pray about this issue, if you wholeheartedly believe that you are preserving the country, that this is this is one of those moments like prohibition where you need to take a stand and vote to preserve law and order until the Sunday law comes, as one of our commenters said, well then go ahead and vote. But don't try to force your political the important what you think is important upon everybody else. So I think that's a good balance to it. We can't fall into the left ditch. We can't fall into the right ditch here. We can't be fanatical and we can't be too extreme on either side. We have to be balanced. So we can't say uh, voting is is never good and you should never vote. And you're not a Christian if you vote. That's not, that's not a balanced uh, answer. However, on the other side, you can't buy into all the promises of the left or the right and say, well, you have to do this and vote for this person or do this, otherwise you're not a Christian. Keep your political sentiments to yourself. Now, discussing issues that are going on in the world, that's completely different. But telling people who to vote for or that they have a duty to vote, uh, no. They have a duty to God and whatever God is leading them to do, God may put it upon you that you have a duty to vote. God may not. God may put it upon you that you have a duty to not vote. You know, so it could go either way. In the end, let Jesus be your savior. Let him be your savior. Let the Holy Spirit be your guide. Prayerfully ask the questions. Take take these take these quotes I've given into consideration and balance the issue within your own heart. And then make your decision there. So Anyways, we're just about out of time. I pray that this was a, a blessing to you. It's kind of, as I said, it's kind of a part two to, to what we were discussing, which is really the overall message here, again, is just be careful. Be careful. Let, let, let God lead you in everything that you're doing, but especially in political things, especially in political things, because there's just so much deception out there, folks. So I'm Cody Morey signing off. 
I'll catch you guys next week on this podcast, Truth Triumphant Radio. God bless.